0: chemtrails is intended for mature audiences only
1: thanks for tuning in to the chemtrails podcast where you get the latest topics within the culture with the uncensored unscripted facts and opinions from our crew
2: what up chemtrails family it's your boy ap tonight we talking about money black banks this trade of dre's territory He got me fired up in the end, and in return, I got him fired up. Make sure y'all check it out tonight, man. It's a good episode. Learn a lot about black banks, black businesses, and how to move forward. Peace.
1: All right, welcome, welcome, welcome. You are tuned in to the Kim Trails Podcast. I'm your host today, Trader Trey. As always, I am joined by my brothers, Mo, Chris, and AP. How y'all doing tonight, brothers?
3: Man, I'm I'm feeling good, you know, off work, ready to kick I'm it with the fellas, and, and really just to chop up some good game. Yeah, man.
2: Glad to be back on with y'all, dropping some old gems.
1: Man, yeah.
2: All right, all right. We're going to get right into
1: it. Um, Tonight's topic is basically centered around uh, some of the things that we've been seeing in social media and the rise of something that I think has been long awaited, uh, and that is this rise of uh, Black-owned banks. And we're seeing a lot of this promoted in social media by actors and activists and stuff like that. We've seen Killer Mike and uh, Jesse, uh, is it Jesse Williams? Throw their names behind the uh, the establishment of uh, the Greenwood Bank. One of our former guests, A. Donahue Baker, um, started his own bank, uh, New Money Ave. So these are uh, black-owned banks that are coming into the fold. Uh, utilizing this new technology that allows them to open these online banks. They don't have physical locations, uh, but what they can do is process money, save, invest, et etc. Et and tonight we want to just kind of step back and take a look at some of the history of black banking and a little bit of what it takes for some of these banks to succeed. So, let's go just go ahead and jump right into it. Let's jump into the takeoff.
0: As we prepare for takeoff, please
2: take a moment to fasten your seatbelts and position your chair to the upright position.
1: want to be part of the chemtrails family join the group you can find us on facebook and ask for access to our group you'll be one of the first to know everything chemtrails all right so one of the things that is kind of the most prevalent statistic is uh probably the wealth gap in America. And I think that when uh, when people look at a lot of these statistics and they see that in certain parts of the country, uh, African-Americans on average consistently have less wealth than their white counterparts, regardless of their uh, income, et cetera, et cetera. And when we look out and we see that, you know, black home ownership is only like at 80, it's going to be 48% versus uh, 63% among our, their white counterparts, we start to ask ourselves some of the questions along the lines of why that is. So tonight we do want to take a look at you know, why ownership and wealth are tied together, but we want to look at one of the vehicles by which that should have been made possible, and that's black banks. So uh, real quick, just taking a look and just even amongst the survey, amongst ourselves, when we say uh, in your families, do y'all see a lot more renters do you, than you see owners and in your family structures, how many of y'all got a lot of business owners
0: versus just people that get up every day looking to go do a job? And I'm going to throw that out to both of y'all. Well,
3: for me, my family or, you know, people that's around me, closest to me, we do have ownership for us, the housing market, you know, especially from the South versus California, where the cost of living is a little higher, so people tend to rent longer or don't have the same motivation to buy a house as the people in the South, right? Um. reason why I brought that up, because when it comes to to Owning, right? We 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 think about you know houses, businesses, land, etc. But we don't think about that on a generational tip. We don't think about that on a, on a, on a wealth tip either. So, and when you mentioned Dre, the wealth gap between black and and white, or between blacks and the rest of America, right? It it didn't happen overnight. It took time to get to this point. So, and and now we're exploring this this issue to see, hey, hey, how can we shorten this gap? How can we make things better for the Black Americans and Black people that's here in America, living and working?
0: What about you, AP? As far as me, Trader Dre. Yeah. As far
2: as me, I, uh, I kind of, you know, I'm kind of on the spiritual aspect aspect slash, you know, uh, I guess being woke per se, but I, like I said, I believe you are who you hang around and whatever energy you giving out is the energy you're going to be receiving. So as far as me, uh, it's kind of funny. <laughs> Everybody that i That I'm like real close with, as far as family and friends, all of them either starting their own businesses or they talking about investing, or you know, basically they thinking about long term uh, generational wealth type stuff, not just you know, get rich quick, you know, uh, ball out of control, you know what I'm saying, living for the day and not planning for ahead. And so, Like I said, it's just funny how that works out that, you know, you get your mindset going a certain way. And then next thing you know, everybody around you is going in that same direction. And like I said, everybody that I'm basically my circle, the circle I'm around, everybody's got the same goals. They either starting their own LLCs, they investing in crypto, investing in stocks, or, you know, basically they, they thinking about the long, they, they playing chess, not checkers. So
1: that's dope. All right, let's take a break. We're going to jump into the cruising altitude. There
4: There is a great fear of our unity inside the United States and that fear of our unity and the possibility of our utilizing our monies to become productive citizens causes those who finance black organizations to say to blacks that they give their philanthropy to, if you are with this one, we'll cut you here, we'll cut you there. So people are not free to move in that unified way as we need to move. And until those forces are exposed and those forces are weakened, our efforts will always be less than what they should be. The idea is great, but now the follow through is fought against so hard by those forces that we have to fight even harder than those forces to make our unity produce for us.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached our cruising altitude as the captain has turned off the fastened seatbelt sign. Should you need to use the lavatory, now would be a great time. Just make sure you stay out of our way. Thanks.
1: All right, welcome back. We are in the cruising altitude. So, my first question, and this one's going to go out to you, Mo Chris. Black Banks. At one point in history, were thought to be the answer. Uh, I think uh, we were coming out of the Civil War. Uh, African Americans were were being told, you know, you are allowed to create your own communities, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we had a lot of soldiers that were coming out with a lot of money that they'd saved up, and they needed a place to put that money. And there was a lot of money that the government owed a lot of soldiers that they hadn't paid them yet. <laughs> and they wanted to know where could they put that money. So can right. you give me a little bit of a history on, on some of these banking institutions and um, why that was thought to be the right answer then and, and what we why they might be the right answer going forward? I don't know. So what do you think on that? If you don't mind just giving us that.
3: Right, right. Just a brief synopsis. Um coming out of the Civil War when when you know black people got emancipated and from slavery that is and the black banks were were the answer. Why? Actually, Dre, I'm not sure you can maybe you can help me, but I think it's actually one bank Cause I know I put an S on that. And we was talking about the the Freeman's Bank. And the Freedmen's Bank, what it did now, it was just a savings bank, right? So even we we had control of our own bank, but we didn't have control on to how to use that money, how to invest that money. Also, we had a it was like I said, it was just a savings. So it wasn't like we can charge interest, develop interest you know, the banks couldn't, you know, lend like, like that. So essentially the bank couldn't make money only by savings. And, but then again, you know, through, through that black people were able to still come together and cultivate their money as a means for a start as in to start to get out there and provide for their own, and to to have some type of economic wealth amongst us without the, without the, you know, without the the whites or the government in our hands. So, and yet, when we uh, history tells us again through discrimination and other tactics that the freedmen bank, even I think it grossed up to about sixty six million. I don't know if that's today' term or back then, but um sixty six million all got taken away from the hard earned money that black people put into the bank's bank to to trust just to have some type of wealth amongst themselves so those are the um first starts so banking in America started off kind of. You know, bad didn't start on the good foot as as the white counterparts or other um, group of people that would come into America um, post Civil War up until the uh, turn of the century. So, so I com- completely
1: um, agree with you. I mean, like, uh, so even then, I mean, I think one of the words that stuck out to me when you were talking about it was the word control. Um, Honestly, I feel like the the Freedmen's Bank was, uh, it was one, it was sold to us as something that it really wasn't, right? It came down because it was actually a piece of legislation that the government was supposed to be authorizing the creation of the Freedmen's Bank. And it had this air of the U.S. federal government is backing this bank, and it wasn't. And the U.S. government was putting these People and representatives in place. Um, And in reality, they weren't. It was, you know, white executives of other banks and their families that actually were sitting kind of in authority positions that were allowed to um, do things that were relatively, um, I won't say not relatively, that were just downright unscrupulous. Um, In other words, they were able to dip into the bank's funds um, to do things that no other bank would have been allowed. No other executives would have been allowed to do. And so, uh, like you said, yeah, the piggy bank started getting raided and what, what better piggy bank to raid on these risky ventures, uh, Mm -hmm. than that of people they knew nobody was going to care about if things went bad, because here's the thing. Um, other banks got FDIC insurance and stuff like that. That's not what we were getting with the Freedmen's Bank, which is, you know, for a bank that was supposed to be set up like as a mm-hmm. federal establishment. That's weird that that did not have any protections,
3: right? Yeah, very, so. very weird. And even though we was talking about when we they did take the money from the Freedmen Bank, this wasn't individuals. Like I said, it wasn't person robbed, this was the government that essentially, you know, kept putting their hands on our pot, kept meddling with our affairs, kept eventually robbing of all the well our wealth at that time, because we didn't get the 40 yeah. acres. So <laughs> so, but anyway.
1: Right. It's so funny. Um, I was reading a book and one of the things that was like, talked about on there was the establishment of the Freedman Bank and uh, the lie that was the 40 acres and, and basically how mm. the government was supposed to allocate this land that was supposed to go out. And then literally within a year, they took all the land back, but they let the myth of 40 acres perpetuate like, oh, you just <laughs> got this 40 acres. And it was like, no, no. Nobody even. Where is it? <laughs> no one had it even a year, and it, it didn't even last right. a year. People was get was was like, they, they wasn't even like they was giving it. They was allowed to buy it and then have it taken away. It was like, There right. was so many myths around that. It was so many myths. So, yeah, man. Thank you, Mo Chris. Man, that's a, that was kind of that's a good synopsis. Um, so based on that, and as we kind of. Flip this over in our mind, and we look at uh, some of the things that we saw in the histories. We know that for one, I think Mo Chris probably hit on this point the best. Control, actual control, is is gonna be an important thing going forward. But it's gotta be more than that that these banks, these new blank banks are gonna need, these new black banks are gonna need in order for them to be successful. So uh, to that, I kind of want to toss this question out to you, AP. I mean, you heard what Mo' Chris said about the the history um, of, of
0: one of the oldest banks. What do you think is going to be needed for some of these newer banks? It's a good question, Trader Dre.
2: Kind of piggyback on what Mo Chris was saying about the history uh we got to talk about the history first before we can go to the present because if we don't learn from our past we're doomed you know to repeat it so uh important year uh 1989 that was the savings and loan crisis so basically uh 1989 congress passed a financial uh institutive reform recovery enforcement act which basically is uh acronym for the FIRREA and that basically was and that kind of to uh I guess you can in a way you could say uh preserve their minorities like uh the financial gap and all that stuff with the minorities but in reality kind of what that did was it it kind of hurt us in a way so basically they was you would think they, they did that to help us out, but I think they they actually uh created that act to to uh basically kind of slow us down slash cripple us. And it's funny that also, like I said, 1989, because that's when we uh that's when we started the Great Depression. Uh, the Great Depression happened in that time. So for all the conspiracy theorists out there, you can I mean, you could just throw up if you wanted to that basically the Great Depression was created in order to slow the black man down i mean i don't i don't know i'm just throwing it out there i ain't saying it's true or not but i'm just saying that could be an argument is that <laughs> the great depression was created because they seen that the black man was rising above you know the his fellow caucasian brothers and they weren't going to have that and you know how america is ruthless so they don't they had crippled the whole damn united states just to prove a point you know versus just letting uh the black man come up but i ain't going to dwell on that like you said, you was asking a question. And I didn't want to get into the conspiracy mode there, my brother. So I'm going to keep it going. You said, uh, what did we need? What do, what what does uh the Black Banks need in order to kind of move forward? Uh So I got I got two little bullet points. Uh Basically the first thing we need is a common goal/understanding of, of basically why are we putting our money into these black banks? You know, w- what is the purpose of that? You know, yeah, we always talk about support, black businesses, you know, black power, black lives matter, all this stuff. But what is the purpose? If if you don't have a purpose for what you're so doing before, you, before you then I mean, forward, okay. it's basically you, you're not setting yourself up for success.
3: Chemtrail listeners if you out there and you're making a positive impact in your community well we would love to showcase your work just email us at chemtrailspodcast at gmail.com
1: I'm glad you brought that. That's a great point. So, what do these banks need to be telling potential customers and consumers like like say for instance, the 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 you know, our listeners. What do they need to be telling us that's going to make us feel good about what that prospect looks like? Because if I'm going to put my money in an establishment, it's a couple things I'm going to want, right? I'm going to want easy and convenient access to it. But I'm also going to know what are you doing with the money when it's in there? Am I, am I earning? Right. And am I supporting these social goals that are really, that are really, really important to me. Right. So, you know, I feel like if, if it was you, what do you want to hear these banks say to that point about that common goal, that common purpose?
2: Right, so like I said, uh, the first the first bullet point is to have a common goal slash understanding. So, if if you're all about black supporting black, all this and that, then and you want to put your money into a, a black-owned bank, then a black-owned bank needs to be telling you that by you putting your money, investing your money into a bank, this is what we're going to do. We're going to give loans out to Mo Chris. So Mo Chris can start that water store so that he can support that community that's probably deprived of, of good water. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, they have to go 20 minutes outside of their community to the Caucasian side to get good water. So they need to have like, a uh, I guess, like, a, I guess just like a page of basically everything that they've done to support black businesses, and uh, uh, what that has done for that community because of that. So they need to show the the pros but be, behind them, giving out loans to those black individuals that supported the community. And then also, uh, like you said, Trader Dre, you know, if I invest my money, shit, I want to see some kind of return or something. You know, I want to. I mean, yeah, it's good that my money is going to support fellow brothers like Trader Dre and Mo Chris with their own businesses. But. Shit, I want to see something on my end too. You know what I'm saying? I need to see. I need to see some kind of little kickback. So I mean, you know, that's an incentive. You know what I'm saying, like that. So, you know, that's that's another thing is okay. I see it's working for them, but also I want my money to work for me as well. I'm not saying that it has to be a, a high interest, but you know, I still should see some kind of return since I'm investing my money. Because I mean, if you think about it, Trader Dre, uh, I want to give a little fact real quick. Uh, one United Bank is the largest black owned bank currently in the United States right now and it's the first black uh bank to have the that that's on the internet that you could do like uh has like a website so it's called One United Bank so by us going away from Bank of America to One United Bank if you think about it just being realistic we kind of uh, I guess compromising convenience because you can Bank of America, Wells Fargo. I can drive down the street, drive five minutes away. You're gonna see an ATM. You're gonna see a store. One United Bank. Uh, how many of those are there? And I, I didn't even look up to see where it actually is. So I mean, like I said, you, I won't say you taking a risk in supporting black banks, but like I said, I think it's more of, uh, you kind of compromising.
0: You know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know what I'm convenience. trying to say. It's I think like, you uh, right.
2: uh, Convenience—that's the word. Convenience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Convenience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Convenience. Mm. You you compromising your convenience to support your fellow man, your fellow man. So, you know, the the banks should see that, and in return, you know, kind of, I won't say work a little harder, but give a little more effort to show an investment on return. You know what I'm saying? Since we are going an extra step to invest in our own, you know what I'm saying? I feel like the bank should, in return do the same for us. You know, scratch my back, I scratch your back. And so uh, that was the first so point. I, I uh, love this. Trader the I second point this. was... Uh, I appreciate you, my brother. Uh, the second point, and I think this is the most important point. I mean, I, the common goal slash understanding... It's very important, but without this second point, man, it's it doesn't even matter. Knowledge is power. We as a people need to learn the investing side, the stock market side, because, I mean, I could speak for uh, Trader Dre and Mo Chris growing up. Our parents really didn't talk to us about, you know, stock markets and investing. And so, you know, when we got to school and we hear everybody, like our, 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 you know, our fellow Caucasian uh, friends or whatever, talking about investing or talking about how they college was going to be paid for. We's like, damn, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, I, I, I do that, you know. And so, I feel like, uh, the black banks should be putting on these seminars or these uh, expos f- free on this knowledge about investing and stock market because the only by by them doing that, first of all, it's gonna bring more people to them. Second of all, I feel like they gonna see a higher return because now we start to think smarter. We starting to think in an investing mode in long term versus uh man, I'm gonna just throw 200 in there and then you know whatever. You know, I said i probably pull a hundred out go get some J's or you know whatever some craziness you know what i'm saying instead of like okay if i put a thousand in and then they support black owned businesses so my thousand could go help towards mo chris water store and then in return you know i can see some money coming back to me and also it's helping out the community that's a win win you know what i'm saying so i feel like by the black owned banks you know uh having these classes for free and teaching our communities how to how to invest that money properly it's gonna in turn in return help them out as well, and so it's a win win and uh that was just uh two- bullet points I had that was real quick on uh how we can how the how the black banks can help us and how we can help them their trade Dre.
1: man I couldn't agree more um I really do feel like it's it's three pillars to this thing man i mean um it's investing in you know established you know big money comp corporations, so i e stock market type companies, it's investing in those, it's investing in real estate, and it's investing in small business. and I think if you can do all three of those things, you can build a portfolio that will grow forever. Um, I think AP's dead on. We have to have a banking system. That not only um, supports that, (laughs) but also supports the businesses that create the solution for that. So if you're a black owned business and you are investing in real estate, then it would be a damn shame if the black owned bank that you're going to, to to support your business does not support you. That's not what we need. We need our people's money going into that that ownership piece of that. If we're creating companies and small businesses like Mo Chris Water Store that provides value to the company to the to the community definitely want to see that go forward. And if Mo Chris needs some assistance on understanding how to profitably run that, then we need to see some support on businesses that offer the services that he needs, like the consulting <laughs> services that that turn that small business into a six figure, seven figure business you know right. so let's we, we got to see these things for what they are each one a business a solution to a problem but each solution needing support and a solve to the problems that they have so this is a this is like a domino effect and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and an expanding effect that each business is going to have its own set of problems and each problem is going to have a solution in the form of another business and let's support those things and grow those things. And as we do that, that's how our money multiplier really kicks into effect. I love it. I love it. Thanks, AP, man. That was, that's some, uh, some good insight. Um, as we kind of go through this, we kind of talk a little bit about the history. We kind of talked a little bit about um, what we think these banks need going forward. I want to just kind of, give everybody kind of a I would say a synopsis on what what we used to be and what we look like now to a degree. So, um back in the day just before the the major major moves in the civil rights movement were going on, uh FDR dropped the New Deal and and that was a huge huge move for America because that saw homeownership in America rise at astronomical rates, right? So white America was, was drastically changed. The lifestyle in America went to the whole uh, house with a white picket fence, 2.5 kids and a car. That was the image they sold and that was the image they promoted, but that's not what happened in the black communities. Um, that program was basically regulated by the state and the state, of course, as Mo Chris already indicated, was allowed to use state politics to continue processes like redlining and, um, and, and withholding of money for institutionals that they did not deem as high priority, i.e. Black banks did not get the priority on these. Uh, black homeownership loans were not getting the priority. Um, and if they got anything at all. So what we saw was a massive shift in wealth go towards one particular type of person in America while the rest of Americans got left out. At the end of this, only five black banks actually came out of that New Deal period and survived through to 1960. So here we are now, You know, you got a a handful of smaller actual banks that that were in that time period, and now you've got this rise of internet banking. So I look at this and I say, this is an opportunity. This is a great chance. But now I got to ask you guys your personal opinions on it. Are you putting your money Mm-hmm. in any of these institutions
3: me me personally i have a account with a houston local houston black owned bank but i still have my regular bank that i do that i do put majority of my money into i think what ap was saying earlier like we just put the 200 in the bank and like you know and and, and blow it off. and and honestly you know, that was me, too, because, you know, uh, with my regular bank, uh, Navy Fed. <laughs> let me just say it. <laughs> well, <laughs> with a regular bank, Navy Fed, I had all my money tied in there already. So as a wise man, you know, we don't want to just pull all our money into another bank. But it doesn't mean that we cannot that we can't invest in our own bank institutions, too, as well. Matter of fact, um, I believe that if we do utilize the black banks, then those black banks have no choice but to lend. And so just that one approach alone that us as black people can benefit from. Now, I know when you was talking about the banks after the New Deal, let's speed up in time. We have, uh, at the 2019, these numbers are 2019. So we have 22 black banks. This is across the nation and, uh, and we can give or take more banks now because of the, the new internet banking system now, right. That's been brought about, not just the pandemic, but pre-planned pandemic. Right. So these, these banks, you know, or, are coming and they and they are for us. We have to use them as people. And 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 it changes the role of the black bank where back then it used to be, hey, we have to do this, we have to provide jobs, we have to secure something now. Now it's, hey, we have to go back to invest in ourselves. And investing in ourselves is the black bank. Why? Because those banks can get out there and lend. So I think that should be our new approach. And, and uh, hopefully I didn't get off topic with your question, but um, I think that's nah, what we're baby. looking at today.
1: Doug, that's that is a, a great example. That is a mm-hmm. great example. And I love that you threw in uh, uh, kind of a historical reference because I like when people talk about Bank of America, because I like to remind everybody, Bank of America was a power play This was a power play for the Italian-American community that was tired of being pushed around, tired of being told they were just like niggas. And what they did was they said, okay, we're going to consolidate our money, and then we are going to take this money and consolidate that into political power. And they did just that. I think there's no doubt about it that um, when you look at the history of Bank of America, i.e what used to be the Bank of California and uh, the, the, what I think it was also called the Bank of Italy at one point. Um, yeah, yeah. this was a power play that resulted in them now owning a too big to fail bank, that has enormous political power. So their communities, Went from being underserved and underrepresented, uh, and and for lack of a better word, from ghettos to a completely different lifestyle and the way that they and a completely different viewpoint on how they get treated, because of what they were able to accomplish with this and the power stroke that this made. And the pressure that they could put on their um, elected officials as well as their communities to get stuff done. So I love your answer, Mo Chris. I think that that is a fantastic uh, kind of take on this, man, because, you know, I keep saying it. I still believe it. I think it's out there for us.
0: I think it's out there for us. But we got a long way to go. And if we don't take these steps now we're not we're not gonna see it happen. All right. Let's go ahead and take a break and we get back. We jump into the landing.
2: chemtrails family it's your boy ap i want you to join our chemtrails book club for more information you can click the link in our bio or show
0: notes
3: Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt signs. Please return to your seat and fasten your seatbelt as we prepare for landing.
0: All right, we
1: back. And you are now in the landing. (laughs) So, as always, we gotta start wrapping things up, but I did have one kind of point I wanted to throw out there for you fellas. Um, And this is just a personal opinion, right? But I feel like HBCUs and Black churches are right now probably the two biggest economic engines in the Black community. And I want to know, how do we drive participation for these Black banks so that they can be empowered to make investments and increase black capital. And I, I don't care what y'all, you know, what your ideas or whatever, man, I just wanna know what you think on this, man, because I think that this is a pretty important thing that's gonna be needed. And I think Mo Chris has already kind of highlighted how valuable HBCUs are as houses of black knowledge and what that means. In um, black knowledge and history, I should say. Um, so yeah, what what do we need to do to 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 get that on a monetary scale?
3: So Dre, one of the things that we can do, of course, is a a, a number of things. And I remember AP said earlier in the show that the convenience factor, right? Um, even in my personal experience with banking with uh, Unity Bank uh, here in Houston, I encourage everybody to open an account. And uh, But it's it's one location in the city. I think they have another location, but basically it's one location in the city, and you have to make certain in-person deposits depending on your Checking. I mean, there's different rules, but these rules are only there because, because they don't have the locations, they don't have the 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 money, they don't have the type of infrastructure that these major larger banks such as um Bank of America or Chase or these other banks. So I feel like one of the things that we can do to help encourage the um I don't want to say enrollment, but encourage the people to to sign up and put their money invest in black banks is to to somehow create the convenience factor. Whether it's is having a better online presence, um, whether it's being out there on the streets to to get people to sign up for the banks, but also I think us as the people allowing the banks to help us. That's another thing we don't do. We don't, we don't, we don't give things a chance. We don't give things the respect. What we need to do as the people is allow the banks to do what they do, and we need to trust them. And then if trusted them by you say, "Hey, I'm only gonna put hundred dollars in, two okay, that's fine. But if your bank is the your banking institution, it's backed by the FDIC, right? You 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 know about the FDIC when it comes to your your big banks. Well, okay, let's give that same cushion, that same trust that we'll put in the big banks, just into our uh, smaller black banks. And so I think that would be the first steps to to increasing the uh, enrollment or the the investments uh, into black banks.
1: I like that. I like that a lot more Chris, cause I mean, you really are mm-hmm. kind of expressing the point. Um, oftentimes, especially based on the size of the accounts that we are typically seeing amongst middle-class America, you know, you are fully insured on your money. So um, it is essentially risk-free um, investment to a degree, right? The only risk you have at this point is that you're not going to see the massive returns that you might get um, outside of it, like AP mentioned in the stock market and stuff. You're going to get a much bigger return than, you know, you're going to see way more than, you know, the point, you know, or the 1% or the the point zero one seven percent that you're getting out of a lot of these
0: banks right now. So that's uh, I, I like that. man. I like that. What about you, AP? Man, Trader Dre told me to go
2: in, family, so I guess I'm gonna have to do it. I was trying to stay conservative slash PC, but oh well, here we go. <laughs> so first of all, uh man, I don't want to seem I'm trying to I'm trying to put it where I'm not radical, Trader Dre. I don't want to seem radical or I'm going against something. Uh let's see. Okay. Fuck it, whatever. So first of all, man, I don't want to say that though. Oh well, I'm gonna say it anyways. Fuck it. All right, here we go. (laughs) First of all, depending on what church you go to, yeah, depending on what church you go to, uh, shit, they probably don't have your best interests at heart, anyways. Uh, It don't matter if you at a black church, Mexican church, whatever. So, first of all, when you go to church. And you tied in and all that money, you know, goes wherever it go, whoever. OK, it don't matter. OK, let's say let's I'm gonna just use the Potter house, for example. So, OK, me, Trader Draymo, Chris, we all make big money and we tied into that church. What bank is TD Jakes using to, you know, uh, you know, for the funds or whatever? What, what bank is he using? i'm pretty sure they ain't a black bank so that's the first issue so let's just let's just imagine that he was using a black bank think about all that money like i said you got high profile people that go to these churches and giving buku amounts of money and all of that is going to wells fargo bank of america or whoever the hell i'm saying they not i'm not saying they not using black banks i'm just saying if if they not using them Then that's an issue, you know, especially if the black church is supposed to be supporting a black community, which is supposed to be building black wealth. And they doing they contradicting themselves by giving their money to Bank of America. That won't even, you know, I'm not saying they don't give loans to minorities, but it's probably not as high of a rate as, you know, a black owned bank would. Second of all, Trader Dre, because I'm going to tie this all together. Okay, let's just say that we all three go to a church, and we and our son or daughter is a senior in high school, about to graduate. How come these black churches ain't ain't uh uh doing these scholarships to get these uh, brothers and sisters into HBCU? Because if you think about it, we tithe and we put money into the church. They put money into the HBCU, HBCU develops that person, gets them into a high-paying job, then that person goes back to that church, gives them the money, and you got a goddamn fucking triangle Was bam, 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 bam. How come they not doing that? I know I can't be the only one that thought about this shit, but that's why I say that church got to have your best interest, and a lot of these churches don't because it's a damn, I ain't saying it's a, uh, it's a business. I'm gonna just leave it at that. Cause I like I say ain't trying to go too radical on these churches. I I ain't no yeah, but it's a business. So like I said, just understand where you are, understand where you're going, and understand the agenda behind everything. You gotta understand that because if you don't and you're trying to support something and you don't really understand what you are and all that could be doing is undermining what you're actually trying to do. That's all I'm gonna say on that. But that's that's how you fix that trader, Dre. Is you is you go to a church that supports a black-owned business. I'm sorry, black-owned bank, and then you, you, you start up a scholarship, and then like I said, you keep that, you keep that triculating because I'm saying they won't forget that. You know what I'm saying? If if they knew a church basically got them through college based off the scholarships where they don't owe any money at the end, they gonna pay that back. Cause they gonna want somebody else to have that same privilege, you know what I'm saying? And and that's easy. Shit, we could do that right now. It don't take a lot of money with the whole congregation putting their money together. As much money as being tied, like I said. But yeah, other than that, man, that's. Mm-hmm. I think that's my. I feel like that's my uh issue. Well, problem to to solve the issue as far as getting the church and HBCU involved into uh, black-owned banks.
3: You know what? So and that's I, the, I love that too, AP. I'm sorry, I just had to tell you. I, I, that yeah, gives responsibility to black church. If you're a black church, you, that church need to be funded. Yes, I love that idea all the way. Go ahead, Trey.
1: No, man, I, I I don't have anything to dispute on that. Now, I will say this. From a historical standpoint, um, what you'll notice, AP, is that in the in the 60s and 70s, Black churches were financed by by black churches, and unfortunately it is the failure of so many black churches that kind of led to the uh to the downfall of so many black banks that that did make it out of the reconstruction, did make it out of uh, uh the new deal um and in large part that was a that that's a tough pill to. To swallow for a lot of these banks because they'll look out and they'll say, "Man, we did. We 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 gave to the black church. We held them. We restructured loans. We did so many loan modifications on these black churches, and we and we we we, we took ourselves and our clients into the grave. And I mean, and I think earlier before we even started this, you was kind of talking about '89. Um, there was a lot of runs on banks leading up, you know, that whole decade. Prior, all the way up until eighty nine, and, and and that uh, um, I know you called it the Great Recession or the Great uh, Depression, but I mean that was like the eighty nine um, stock market crash and and the uh, onset of the Reaganomics and crack on the black community. I mean it really has been a just a a real hard
2: hit. I want to say something real quick, Trader Drake. Um, from an economic
1: standpoint go ahead man
2: yeah real quick just i mean because you kind of got me amped up now it's just funny how you said earlier about the little uh all basically all italians they got tired of being treated like niggas so they put all their money together and you know basically foreign bank of america but yet
0: mm-hmm.
2: nobody fucked with them uh, they was able to make that happen Why is it that we got all these damn LeBron, Jordan, all these cats making money? How come we can't put all our money together and make a goddamn uh, Black of America? Fuck Bank of America, Black of America. Why is that? And you know why. But that's I'm going to leave it at that.
1: No, so it's interesting you say that, bro. It's interesting you say that. So, um... You know, I've talked about this before, and this, when nobody's a real stranger to this, um, in my opinion, there's no reason why every black family in America does not own their own investment company. <laughs> so I'm gonna say this. I know I'm gonna get a lot of backlash on it, but I don't. I'm gonna say it one more time. I don't see any reason why every black family in America does not own their own investment company. I don't know why every black family in America does not create a legitimate LLC or, or S Corp or whatever you want to create as a business and use it to invest. And that is all you use it for, for those purposes and build and stack capital So that at some point you can create these investment structures yourselves. If the banks cannot or will not do it, the the families have to do it. And the families can only do it as a company. So it's my thought that you know, you keep saying, why can't we do it? Why can't we do it? Because we don't have the capital, bro. And we don't have the capital allocated in a way that makes it available for these types of moves. And if we if we stopped messing around and started structuring our families like organizations, and instead of creating these, these massive families where half of them are in debt and this, that, and the other, we started creating these families that were paying into um, the family conglomerate. Now all of a sudden, every family is essentially a great house, a lord and lady. Uh, You know what I'm saying? That kind of situation. Your family trademark has value. And then, and then only then, do you have capital at the ready to do these big moves, to say, okay, now we are going to put massive amounts into Bank of America. And since Bank of America, or not Bank of America, or Black of America, excuse me, as you called it, <laughs> then what we're going to do is we're, gonna, uh, we're going to legitimately put more money into these other projects. And then when Black of America says, hey, there's this massive investment opportunity, we get to come along and say, hey, we've got thousands and thousands of accredited organizations that can make investments in these and provide the capital and the liquidity needed uh, to see them going forward to, to get them off the ground. And we're not relying on the one or two uh, accredited investors in our group, i.e. the athletes, you know, LeBron James don't make enough money to lift the entire community up.
2: I ain't saying Lebron James. I'm just saying that it's funny that, like you said, all these Italians that didn't have a lot of money, but yet these motherfuckers can make Bank of America. I know. It. I ain't even saying Lebron James, but I'm just saying all these black wealthy people we have. Ain't no way that we shouldn't, like you said, have our own, be able to do what the Italians did. But I know they're the reason why we couldn't, why we can't do it. And it ain't because, like you said uh about you know us not investing in our family i I, like i've said i always feel like you know they basically we i ain't trying to be a conspiracy theorist again but it's like they always setting us up for failure that's what i feel like is our our, our biggest our biggest not even you say what historically they were like that's why
1: they didn't let so US, how did the Italians create Bank of America, right? Well, their banks were allowed right. to grow during the New Deal, right? They could issue out uh FHA loans that were backed by the government. Black banks got cut out of that. They didn't get FHA right. loan money. So anytime the black what bank I'm loans, uh money on a house. Yeah. it was So it was set up to fail. They never got the money multiplier. They never got the ability to grow the money in the first place. So you're 100% right. They right. were set up to fail. They never got to grow and they never got to take their bank and then buy smaller banks and grow the footprint of their bank. That's what, that's what the Italians did. They grew the footprint of their bank by buying every bank out there. When when the Bank of Italy was being discriminated against, it bought Bank of California, or the bank of Burbank or whatever took the name. Now all of a sudden uh, you can't discriminate against the bank of Burbank. Why? Well, now then they bought a bank of Riverside Then they bought a bank of LA and they bought a bank of California. Now it's just right. the bank of California, not the Italian bank, not the, not the Italians, but as they're buying these banks and growing these financial institutions, they were participating in this. Black banks could never have done this in that time period they never could have done it never could have been pulled off.
3: right right but i agree
1: if you say for the future yeah, you
3: basically
2: you're saying what i was trying to say right
0: hmm but the future is there for it right
2: no nah, that's why I'm, I'm saying you basically saying what i'm trying to say
1: yeah so i'm just gonna kind of piggyback a little bit on that too um I'm going to take it in a slightly different direction though, as far as what I think, you know, um, for a lot of these black banks, first of all, I love the fact that they are embracing, uh, the new technology, right? So they are, uh, eliminating that overhead by creating these, uh, small footprint type of banks by utilizing the, the power of the internet. One thing I would pray, and I mean, I really do pray that this is the case. Um, is that they don't structure their, their these banks to apply by the same rules and focus on the same rules that the traditional banks use. You are in a we are in a new age. We are in a new era. We have tons of new technology. And with that being said, I really hope these banks embrace crypto technology, embrace this blockchain technology. I want them to utilize this in a way that uh no one else can because like uh mo chris was saying and and ap was saying we we are forced to sacrifice uh convenience to use these banks in a lot of cases well the one thing that we can say is that you can bring that convenience back if you make it so that everybody in and of themselves as long as they own a mobile phone can do all the things in life that you need your bank to do through your phone. So that being said, if you can't go to a bank location to go get a loan, you need to be able to get that loan over the phone. You need to be able to utilize technology to get that done. I know for a fact, I can over the phone use crypto technology to get a one for one loan. So if I can do that somewhere else, I damn sure need to be able to do it at an institution um, that is supposed to be, you know, highly invested in in the things that I am focused on. Um, I'm not saying everything's going to be a one-to-one. Of course, the bank has to maintain solvency. But again, the point being, let's embrace this technology. Let's utilize this in a way that speeds up the development of our projects and our focuses in ways that make uh, make sense. And last but not least, man, I really hope that they have alternative investment opportunities that um, you know you won't always see from your traditional bank. So I don't know what that's going to look like. But again, depending on what technologies are being embraced, this could be a myriad of things that go not just from Specifically, black churches and black schools, but uh, specific types of needs based businesses that they want in black communities to support the growth of black businesses. And it might be something as unconventional as um, hey, we are going to offer these extremely great rates if you are a consultant and you are a freelancer and you do specific types of work and you can continue to promote these types of work in your community yeah, then yeah give people the opportunity to invest in those businesses so that those can grow and we can all take some share of that that those are the types of alternative investment opportunities I'm looking for that that allow for for growth in local communities so um just those types of things that that are not the conventional. I don't think we have to apply by the same rules. Um, and I don't think you're going to overcome any gaps if you keep running the race that everyone else is running. I think you need to be able to cut through, uh, cut through the lines a little bit and, and utilize technology to do so. All right. All right. I know we went a little bit long on that. <laughs> Fellas, I appreciate this. This has been a dope <laughs> and engaging conversation. I do. I really, yeah, I bet, uh, (laughs) I know I went long, my fault, but at the same time, man, AP got me riled up, man. He, he went hard on it and I, I had to be able to respond to some of that, man. I appreciated (laughs) him bringing that perspective. Um, I wanted to, to, to be like, man, hold on now, man. But at the same time, be like, yeah, he right. So, you know, bring the points to that. So, uh, again, Appreciate y'all brothers. Uh, Mo Chris, you got anything you want to say as we wrap this thing up?
3: Yeah, I just want to tell everybody, make sure y'all follow us at Kim Shows Podcast, at Instagram and Facebook, Kim Shows Podcast at gmail.com for the email. And don't forget to write, rate, and subscribe and leave a review and let us know what you think. Uh, Thank you for listening.
2: The bankers. Watch that movie, Samuel L. Jackson and Anthony Mackie, based on a true story about two black brothers that got their own bank. I think it was in California. The bankers.
0: Absolutely. that's was a good reference there, AP. Uh,
1: yeah, man. I agree. Let's uh, please, y'all. Please, please, please rate and review us. Like Mo Chris said, if you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please subscribe and uh, check us out uh, wherever, on whatever platform you get your podcast. And with that, we out. Peace. Yup. Yeah.
3: Hey, Chemtrail listeners, want to leave a message? Just click the link in our show notes to leave a voicemail. And if you come from a simpler times like myself, just call. Leave us a voicemail at 832-308-0529. And don't forget, all messages can record up to three minutes long.
2: What up, what up? It's your boy, AP. Make sure you follow us at Chemtrails Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Hit us up. Once again, that's Chemtrails Podcast at Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Peace out. Get your voice heard at
1: www.chemtrails.mn.co. Join the community.